was June 21st, 2017, and I did something I never thought I would do. Something so incredibly stupid that I'm actually kind of embarrassed to admit this. I, I stuffed half a taco in my shoe. <laughs> At the time I did this, I had reached a breaking point with my health and wasn't thinking clearly. It all started a few weeks earlier after I woke up with a feeling of lightheadedness, as if my brain and body were detached. The feeling would come and go at first, but then began to linger, and eventually just never went away. This was soon joined by flu-like symptoms and extreme exhaustion, to a point where I found it increasingly difficult to do everyday tasks, like shower or even leave the house. Mornings were the absolute worst. I would wake up feeling like my head weighed more than my entire body, and that was even if I slept at all. My insomnia became so bad that sleeping more than three hours felt like a blessing. Coupled with insomnia was extreme anxiety. And being an extrovert, talking to people had never been a problem for me. But suddenly, out of nowhere, it was. Simply being in a meeting, a store, or a restaurant would make me so sick and dizzy that I physically started to remove myself from all of these situations. Despite how awful I was feeling, I hid the extent of what I was going through because I didn't want to be a burden to anyone. I think that comes from being a middle child. I always felt like it was my duty to be the total opposite of a problem at home. It's why I agreed to a fishing day with my dad on Father's Day that year, even though I was certain my legs would collapse underneath me. By June 21st, I wasn't sure how much longer I could hide my illness, but I wasn't about to give in yet. Despite waking up without an appetite, I agreed to go out to lunch with some coworkers after being invited. The normal me loved to go out and socialize, and I was doing my very best to be normal. As I sat down and began to eat, I found that chewing seemed to require more brain power than I was capable of producing. And I wasn't sure if it was my extreme anxiety or mental confusion, but it felt as if I wasn't even existing in the world. I despised doctors and needles, but at that very moment, all I could think about was how amazing it would be if I was in a hospital bed. But yet, somehow, I couldn't manage to mutter out the words, help me. I didn't understand how nobody could see how sick I was. You'd think I would be relieved, but I wasn't. I knew I couldn't ask for help unless I had a lead-in, but I never gave anyone the chance. So, instead of spending the afternoon in a hospital bed, I spent it in the bathroom, cleaning out my shoe. This was clearly getting out of hand. The next morning, I woke up feeling like my head was glued to my pillow. It was bad the last few days, but this day was the worst. I was just going to take a few hours of sick time, but I was relieved when my supervisor suggested I take the whole day. If you need to know one thing about me, it's that I'm really dedicated to work, and up until this point in my life, I had always put it first. I had a softball game that night as well. It's practically unheard of for me to miss a game if I'm not out of town, but I knew I was too weak to play. My brother was on the same team as me, so he told our mom that I was sick and wasn't going to make it, and that was it. The secret was out. As a kid, I remember getting strep throat and colds here and there, but it's never been more serious than that. I had made it 29 years without ever causing my parents the stress and worry that comes with a sick kid, and all of that was about to change with a single phone call. I ended up crying that entire call. Many were tears of relief, and other were tears of fear. It was with that call that I revealed something that I'd been hiding from my family for an entire year, that I'd been diagnosed with something called Hashimoto's thyroiditis the previous summer and had been keeping it a secret from the people I was closest to. 
Hashimoto's thyroiditis is an autoimmune disease where your thyroid is attacked by antibodies until it is destroyed. It was first discovered by Dr. Hakaru Hashimoto in 1912, but it wasn't medically recognized as, a, as an autoimmune disorder until 1957. It is the leading cause of hypothyroidism in the United States. You typically are diagnosed when your TSH, which stands for thyroid stimulating hormone, is a higher number on blood work and you have thyroid antibodies present. A good TSH range is controversial, but generally, if your number falls between 0.4 and 4.5, you are considered to not have hypothyroidism. If you're above that range, you're prescribed a hormone pill that will provide your body the thyroid hormone it is lacking. When I was diagnosed, my levels were just over five, and I decided to take a wait and see approach to see if they would go down. At 28, I didn't want to commit to medicine for the rest of my life, and I wasn't ready to admit to anyone, including myself, that I was actually sick. You see, I've always been this high energy and bubbly person. Being sick may not be something I had control over, but pretending to be healthy is something I did. And for an entire year after finding out, that's exactly what I did. After finally telling my mom on the phone, she convinced me to go to her practice. But after taking new blood work, the doctor prescribed me antidepressants to sleep and told me that everything came back normal. I then sought the opinion of my doctor who diagnosed me with Hashimoto's the previous year. He confirmed that my levels were now in the middle of the normal range and that my symptoms were most likely sinus related. Distraught but determined, I read that autoimmune diseases are very much a modern medical mystery and that it's not uncommon to have normal TSH levels and experience symptoms due to the autoimmune component. So I decided to book an, an appointment with a specialist and continue my research. I found out that autoimmune diseases occur when your body mistakenly attacks itself and they include over 80 different kinds of illnesses such as type 1 diabetes, lupus, and celiac disease. Many of these illnesses have something known as a flare-up, a period of time where your symptoms suddenly worsen. I like to think that I haven't had Hashimoto's my entire adult life and that this was my first real flare-up, but for the first time in 15 years, I was able to make sense out of episodes that I've experienced since I was 14. Episodes that I've brushed over, thinking I was too tired, too stressed, or too crazy. My first episode happened when I, was eight, when I was in eighth grade. I was at a sleepover party, and like most 14 year olds, I absolutely loved sleepovers. That night, I remember strobe lights, loud music, and dancing in the basement. Out of nowhere, I started to feel off. I dismissed it thinking it was just the strobe lights messing with my head. As the night went on though, I began to feel detached from reality, almost as if my brain and body weren't in sync. I thought I could push through it, but the feeling was only intensifying and I ended up calling home. I very briefly recorded this in my journal entry from 2001, noting the feeling as disoriented. My wonderful parents picked me up at 11.30 p.m. that night, but I told them that I had a sore throat because it was a lot easier to explain than whatever had just happened. That sleep overnight wasn't the last time I had felt weird. I have a journal entry nine years after that night that mentions that very same weird head feeling. And I started to remember all those random times I was out in restaurants, it would feel faint and not want to finish my food. As it turns out, I've been dealing with flare-ups for more than a decade, but they always came in relatively easy to tolerate and dismissible ways, except this time. I also learned that Hashimoto's mimics many symptoms of everyday life symptoms that I always thought were related to becoming an adult. The main symptom being fatigue that started in high school. I was never quite sure how I would make it through another week of school and work, 
but I convinced myself that it was normal to just always be that tired. Then there were these bouts of insomnia that occurred during college, but I told myself that it's probably just stress. And then there was my unpredictable irritability and mood swings, but I told myself it's probably just hormones. Maybe all of this was more than just growing up. Maybe I had spent the last 15 years struggling to feel normal, that I had actually forgotten what normal was. I went online to find support, and I took comfort in what others were sharing. The internet became a place for me to connect with others who understood what I was going through. And it was incredible to read how many people were misdiagnosed with bipolar, depression, or anxiety because their levels were in range too. Unfortunately, I couldn't get in to see a specialist for a few weeks, and my symptoms continued to worsen. I remember looking outside my patio window, trying to figure out if I was ever going to be able to work again. I had just spent the last few minutes convincing myself that I could take out my garbage. We're talking about opening up the back door, walking down a flight of steps, and putting the garbage bag in the trash can. If I couldn't take out my garbage, how would I be able to work? I also struggled to drive. Stoplights and traffic made me feel trapped. It would cause extreme panic. I had to avoid drive-throughs and do the self-checkout in stores, but it was only a band-aid. Your mind goes to some crazy places when you're sick. Like, if I can't work, I'm not going to be able to support myself. And then I'm going to have to move out of my place and live with my parents for the rest of my life until I die an eventual death. The hardest part of everything was occasionally being told that it's probably just anxiety or just depression. First reason being is there's no such thing as just anxiety or just depression. Second reason being is I knew part of it was anxiety, but I wanted to know why. One of the nicest gestures that anyone did for me was offering to walk me to a different building. I told them that I was afraid to walk across campus because my legs were so weak and shaky, and without judgment, a diagnosis, or an opinion, he simply offered his time. I know it wasn't true, but I had this perception that people just expected me to get better, except I kept getting worse. I can no longer easily get up from my desk to go out on a call or go to a meeting. My coworkers were beyond supportive, but I still felt so guilty for not being able to do my job. Because of this, I forced myself one day to move this giant cart to a different building. I thought I could do it only to find myself in the wrong elevator in the wrong building. I almost broke down, but waited, and waited until I could build up the strength I needed to get it to where it needed to be. I also tried attending my town's 4th of July celebration, but I cried the entire fireworks show because I couldn't handle the loud noises and crowds of people, and I went to Indiana Beach Amusement Park, which has been my favorite vacation spot since I was a kid, but I could hardly ride anything without extreme anxiety. I felt like I waited years to see a specialist, but I was relieved when the day finally came. She was the first person to believe me and then told me that I had an inflamed thyroid. My thyroid was under attack and flooding my body with excess hormones. Just hearing that made me feel better, but I knew it was going to be a long road. The way modern medicine treats autoimmune diseases is to treat the impacted tissues and not the root cause, which is why when my levels showed that my thyroid was fine, I was dismissed by the other doctors. She told me that my thyroid, that my, that my thyroid will die eventually, but until then, I just had to wait until the inflammation went down. She offered steroids, but I wanted to see if I could take a more natural approach to calm and stop the inflammation in my body. If there was a chance I could save my thyroid, I'd have to try. The research that stood out the most were articles that discussed the role that the gut plays in the immune system. 
The research suggests how the lining of the gut can be compromised, causing toxins to enter the bloodstream, which can result in inflammation. Although more studies need to be conducted, I figured there was no harm in trying to heal my gut. I'm sure all those bagel bites and hot pockets from my glory days probably didn't do me any favors. So I began to take probiotics and started supplements with doctor approval, like selenium to help with thyroid function and fish oil to help with inflammation. I then gave up caffeine because it was worsening my anxiety. I replaced it with daily bone broth. And even though I couldn't find any concrete evidence that drinking it is beneficial, I also didn't find any that it was harmful. Stress has also always been high in my life, so I knew keeping it down could also help. I started meditation after seeing an advertisement, and although initially skeptical, I just celebrated over 150 nights of consecutive meditating. As it turns out, I like it, and it helps. A month after my first specialist appointment, I found out that my TSH levels were slightly out of range again, so I added a low-dose hormone pill to my everyday routine. My solution isn't perfect, but it helps. This past summer, I went to Indiana Beach, not once, but twice, and rode my favorite rides with little anxiety. I even drove the highway both times, which was a proud moment in itself. My Hashimoto's flare-up lasted about six months, and there are days when I feel like I'm still recovering, even though it's probably more mental at this point. I still struggle with consistent sleep and have off days, but I'm overall so much better and feeling much more like myself. Despite my progress, I still worry that it'll hit me again, that I'll wake up one day and not be able to lift my head off my pillow. So I've taken a few precautions, like if I need to fill up on gas or shop for groceries, I stop on my way home from work. I don't take feeling well for granted and don't assume I'll be feeling well enough the next day to do simple tasks. The biggest adjustment probably has to be anxiety that hasn't gone away completely. I can still teach, but I feel awkward in groups of meetings when I don't have a paper telling me what to say. I also have a dog now. In October 2017, I lost my great aunt, who was one of the most incredible people that I knew, and I took in her senior dog. He came into my life when I couldn't walk more than 800 steps on a Saturday, and now he has me averaging over 5,000. I've spent 16 years not talking about this, not telling anyone about what I was going through, and always putting my health after everything else. I've sucked up my insomnia, my fatigue, my weird head feeling, and I've lost friends because I didn't feel like going out or staying in touch. The more I opened up to people about this, though, the more I realized how many others my age were hit with autoimmune diseases, too. It's challenging to find accurate statistics because they encompass so many different illnesses, but it's evident that they are on the rise and that they mostly affect women. We live in a caffeine-fueled society where being exhausted all the time is accepted and not questioned. At 20, 30 years old, we make jokes about how we constantly need naps. We talk it up to stress, work, and life, but I can't help but wonder if there's more of us out there. How do we continue to bring awareness to autoimmune diseases is a question we need to be asking now. I don't want to feel alone in this anymore, and I certainly, for the sake of my shoes, do not want to stick any more tacos in them. Instead, I want to be proud, proud that I can talk about this, and proud that I'm getting through this. I've read enough stories to know that I'm not alone, and it felt important to be sharing mine today. The more I talk about this, the less uncomfortable it seems. If I've learned anything from all of this, it's that you don't have to suck anything up. Don't fake it until you make it. Just make it. Thank you.